tables have turned in the IPL. It's the Mumbai fans this time with their calculators out to see how they can qualify. With Delhi, CSK and RCB already qualifying, there's still one spot left with four teams fighting for it. Whereas Indian women players elsewhere in Australia have shown what they are really capable of in the test format. But Australia will have to go back to the drawing board and analyze their game plans for the upcoming Women's Ashes. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Crick Block Podcast. With me, as always, is my wonderful co-host, Shabel from Sydney. How are you, Shabel? Mate, I'm good. How are you? Great yeah, intro. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a topsy-turvy few last, um, last few days with Mumbai and with the Test match as well. So before we touch on the IPL, um, we'll mm. talk about the Test match. And it was an absolute, a- absolutely brilliant Test match. A wonderful advertisement for women, women you know, female Test cricket. What are your thoughts on the game? Yeah, shame the, the weather ruined the first couple of days. Um, I think India were terrific in this match and definitely, definitely had the better of it. Uh, outbowled Australia, outbatted Australia. Um, I think the, the big takeaway for me was, was how much better they bowled. I think Australia in that first innings were very inconsistent. And I think a lot of the inexperience of the players showed I think a couple of players like Darcy Brown and Stella, I don't think they've ever played a multi-day match before. They don't play it domestically. So I was tweeting about it during the game. That's going to be a necessity going forward if you want to see Australia sort of improving in test cricket and getting these bowlers coming through that can be accustomed to sort of red and pink ball bowling because they bowl a couple of good deliveries and then they bowl the loose one. And they almost bowled as if it was a white ball game. Rather than, you know, in test cricket, you've got to be on the money all the time, build pressure, work to a plan. Um, so I think India did that a lot better than Australia. Um, quickly before we move on, I think uh, um, Elise Perry, I think a fantastic game for her. Absolutely. Um, a couple of wickets with the ball, a good spell with the ball um, in the first innings, economical again in the second and, and, and not out again in a pink ball test match, time at the crease as well. So... Saying last week, stick with Elise. The, the class is there. The class is permanent. And this match, it's a major positive for Australia in the fact that Elise Perry got time at the crease from a bowling and batting perspective. Yeah, interesting. You touched on, um, you know, the bowlers bowling almost a, a white ball cricket line, one day T20 yeah. line in length. Um, is, uh, there, there, there is an argument of um, more test matches um, th- these yeah. players can play. Is that is that the reason? Do you think, or um, maybe it's the domestic structure that needs to mm-hmm. also, um, you know, in there should be a longer format of uh, domestic competitions as well. You can play more Test cricket, but the way to improve its quality and um, its longevity, I could say, is you've got to you got to get these players playing multi-day cricket at a domestic level first. They've got to become accustomed to it before you get them playing international teams in a test match. Uh, because, yeah, that's that's the big takeaway for me from an Australian perspective. The bowlers weren't consistent uh, enough, particularly the pace bowlers. The spinners were the ones that Sophie Molyneux and Ash Gardner, they were the ones who brought the run rate back and sort of started to build some pressure. But it's the bowlers that came in and, it, you just saw that they're not accustomed to this. This is very new to them. These bowlers are very young and they don't know how 
to bowl uh, a, you know, a test match line and length and, and bang away at that line and length consistent. That's not no fault of their own at all. If you don't, if you're new to something you, and, and, and new to something difficult, then it's going to take time to, to, yeah. to adjust to it. So domestically, you've got to start with that first. Are you a walker or a, or a non-walker, Shabel? <laughs> oh, um, I, I did it. I actually walked in the early days. And then I said, nah, stuff this. Because then I got some stinkers after that. And then you realize you get stinkers. So when, when you get a decision that goes for you, don't walk. Yeah. Then I realized afterwards, don't walk. Yeah. So I was surprised to see um, Punam Rot walk. I was yeah. very surprised. Did and, you, and did with, you think with, the same? Are you a walker? Um, I, I was similar to you. I was a walker like in my, in my yeah. younger days, like in my under 19 days. And I was a walker because I believed that, you know, if I'm out, I'm out. That's it. The ball has mm. the better, better of me. But as you said, you know, there'll be decisions <laughs> where you just don't want to walk and there's just howlers. Yeah. So there was and, one, and obviously um, the umpires yeah. are there to do a the, job, isn't it? They are paid yeah. to do a job. So yeah, if yeah, they get yeah. it wrong, they get it wrong. That's it. There was one in under 15s. I was playing in under 15s cricket and the ball hit me really high on the back leg. No one even appealed. And the opposition umpire just stuck the finger up. And said, <laughs> You're out. And, I, and then from the... that moment, I said, stuff this. I'm not, I'm not doing any more walking. The next year in under 16s, I know I, I nicked one onto my pad and got caught at short leg, but the umpire gave it not out. Yeah. Wasn't moving. That's I was it. not moving. So that's it. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to ask you about India's performance. What did you yeah. make of it? What impressed you? Uh, about it and and you know who impressed you the most oh i mean the firstly what impressed me the most was the opening partnership the way they you know carried the carried the innings with the new ball the way they played the new ball i think it was absolutely brilliant um we have to remember that shafali verma was only playing her second test match and and she averages i think uh, 50 or 55 something um so the talent's obviously there and everyone contributed in that team, even someone like a Pooja Westerker, who was absolutely brilliant with the ball in the first innings. Those two mm-hmm. players, um, Shafali Verma with, at the top, uh, you know, negotiating the new ball, and then Pooja Westerker bowling with the new ball on sort of the semi-new ball. I think that, that was absolutely brilliant. She stuck to a line and length, and she mm-hmm. did the job for India. And I thought Julian Goswami as well, just... The, I mean, the experience G- shone through. And anything you speak about her is going to be yeah. not, you know, it's it's not enough. I mean, the way mm. she has the way she has played the game for the last how, however many years, she's probably James Anderson of the women's game because yeah. she's played it yeah. for yeah. so yeah. long. Um, and she just keeps going. The hunger is there, the passion is there. You can clearly see when she takes a wicket, when she doesn't take a wicket, she wants, you know, she's hungry to take wickets. So um, and we saw that in the last last ODI as well, where she finished the game with such passion. Um, so it was absolutely brilliant to see her. And hopefully we get to see her one more, uh, playing one more test match, her and Mithali Raj as well. Um, but there's surely a lot of positive signs for this, this Indian team in the future. Absolutely. And even, you know, the Australian coach, Matthew Mott, said that India held all the aces. They had the better of the test match. Elisa Healy said that India showed us what we couldn't quite do with the new ball. So there's that admission there that Australia were off with the ball and India outperformed Australia in that area, which is true. There's no question about that. Um, so, yeah, I think India's bowling, very impressive. They outplayed Australia in this test match. And I'd say, I'd go as far as saying that India have outplayed Australia 
since the first ODI. Yeah. You know, you look at that second match and you had the better of it, let it slip at the end. They won the third match and they had the better of the test match. So they're playing some excellent cricket. Um, one thing I will say is, you know, there's a more course for five-day test matches. I'd love to see that as well. Absolutely. Um, again, it's about getting the, the, the cricketers uh, accustomed to that at a domestic level. Um, but coming back to the Australian team, Shabel, Ashes is on the horizon. Uh, mm. We have seen England play against India a few months ago as well. Mm. Who do you think is better prepared at this stage? Oh. If, if let's say, if Ashes, if Ashes was starting yeah. in two days' time, Oh, England would be because I think we're missing key bowlers. Yeah. I think uh, Megan Shute is a big, big uh, absentee from this team. Um, and also Jess Jonathan as well. Those two are very, very good bowlers. And you miss those two bowlers, that's uh, difficult to to replace. I don't know if both of them, maybe Megan Shute will be available for the Ashes. Fingers crossed. Uh, I'm sure you're back by then. Jess Jonathan, I'm not exactly sure on her injury. But, but those two, in terms of the bowling, I think that's that's crucial because England have got some some excellent bowlers, yep. you know, Catherine Brunt and Sophie Eccleston and, and these and these bowlers. So I think from a bowling perspective, Australia have got a lot of work to do um, in terms of particularly the new ball bowling, the, the youngsters coming through. I think this experience would be great for them. But um, I think for Australia, just for the test cricket, they need those, those experienced bowlers back. Um, from a batting point of view, I think Tom at the crease for Elise Perry was great. Um, you know, wanted to see a little bit more from Elisa Healy. Um, you know, Goswami got the better of her again. Uh, so just some, some things to work on for Australia, some things to work on. I think definitely they write them off for the ashes. They could definitely bounce back, but yeah, a few things to work on there and get right for that. Yeah, absolutely. And for fans of women's cricket, there's the women's big bash um, kicking off on the 14th or the 15th of October in Tassie, Tasmania. Um, it's, a, it's the hub this time in Tasmania where they start, start off in Tasmania due to the lockdowns in other states. So look, really looking forward to the, to the big bash this time because there's seven Indian women's players as well. Um, yes. You know, Shefali Warma and Alisa Healy play in the same team. Um, that's really that's going to be really exciting as well at the at the at the top and in the power play as well. So, um, which uh, is it safe to say that Sydney Thunders is your team in the Big Bash, Shabel? Yes, it is very yeah. much so. So I'm excited about both uh, men and women's teams this year. So, and and Jamima Rodriguez and Herman Kaur have signed on for the same team as well, the Renegades. Mm. So um, that's exciting as well. And this also is a good argument for the women's IPL going forward that more and more of these Indian players are getting an opportunity in, in the overseas mm-hmm. leagues. And there should be something um, in India, you know, for those domestic players to showcase their, their talent as well. Definitely. You know, the calls are going to grow louder for, the BCCI to do more for the women's game. The potential's there. The potential's there with the team, the talent, and I think the interest in it. So hopefully the BCCI sort of uh, uh, looks into that and sees that opportunity. Yeah. Now, um, moving on to the IPL, Chabelle. Um, Four teams fighting for one spot, Mumbai Indians being one of them. Mm. I am... Mm really disappointed with the way they've gone on uh, this this phase of the IPL, this whole IPL. In fact, yeah. um, 
Krunal Pandya. I don't know how he gets into the team oh, time and again. That's your your tweeting. Every tweet's about Krunal Pandya. It just um, frustrates me. I think to be, he, to be fair to him, look, he, he has he hasn't been good and he hasn't been good for a while, perhaps. But um, if he, thinking, was, he, was, he was bought, who, he was bought for almost like a two million dollars with right yeah, to yeah, match. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, I know, I know. But but I'm going to pose a question to you. If you had to pick a player of the season so far for Mumbai, who would it be? As a, as a team overall, I think Mumbai have been very poor, well below their standard. And and that's the on upon reflection, that's that that has been Mumbai's strength, isn't it? If you if you look yeah. back in in previous seasons, they have performed collectively as a unit. You know, if if Rohit Sharma fails, uh, Quinton de Kock performs. If they fail, you know, if Jasprit Bumrah fails, there's Trent Bold. If Ishan Kishan fails, there's Surya Kumar Yadav. So far, no one's clicking, and no one's no one's really putting their hand up to say, "Okay, I'll, I'll do the job for my team." And with two games left, I think both games are must win, provided and they if yes. even if they win the two games, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Even if they win the two games, there's not you know they are not the, a confirmed playoff spot. So. It's been really disappointing. But having said that, there's three other teams, uh, Rajasthan, KKR and Punjab, who are fighting for that spot as well. Who, who has been the most disappointing team for you? Let's, let's leave out Hyderabad out right now for, because that, that has been the surprise this season, I would say. But from these four teams, who, has, who, do you, who did you think would be at the start of the season, you would say, okay, this is my number one or number two team? Mumbai, for sure. They were my pick for the title. Again, um, the reason why I had look, everyone says, look, Mumbai have the bad season in them. So, so they, they win a title and they do badly. They've won two in a row now. So maybe they're due for a poor season this season. But the fact that a lot of the players, especially the Indian players, were um, in the T20 World Cup squad. So they'd be motivated to perform and, fight and hit yep. form ahead of the World Cup. But the form of Ishan Kishan this season, Surya Yadav, it's just been a big, big reason why Mumbai have struggled because both those two players, I think they scored about 900 to 1,000 runs combined last season, those two. They were a crucial reason why Mumbai were going so well. The whole season, I've been waiting for Mumbai to, okay, they're going to click. Are they going to yeah. click today? And, they're gonna, and they just have not clicked. And the last game against Delhi, I think it was the 16th and 17th over, or the 15th and 16th over, they scored a couple of runs. It's just that sort of stuff. It's really let them down at key stages where they've usually been so good in the past. They can still make it, but with that net run rate and given that Kolkata's net run rate's in positives, uh, yeah, you're going to need Kolkata to lose their last game to stand a realistic chance, you think. Sorry, my internet's just... Give me a moment. I can, I can hear you. Okay. Okay. Now you're good. About now. Better yeah. now? Yeah. All right, you go. You start from yeah. the top. Yeah. Um, I'll argue your point of uh, Mumbai Indians having a bad season in them because the you know legacies are not made like that. I think uh, from a point of view of yes, you can have a bad season, but that just means you drop from first to third or fourth. You you don't drop from out of the qualification race and look at it not only cricket but look at any other sport and you know you would think Manchester United comes to mind where they built that legacy for twenty years. They, they never, you know, fell out of that top three. 
yes, they did not win every year, but they were one, they were either two or three every year. They fight, they you know, they fought for the for the title, and that's how legacies are built for you know sports teams. So they have had the same captain, they have had the same management, uh, they have had the same bowlers. In fact, you know, there's one or two changes here and there that that happens. Yeah, it's that keeps effectively on the same team. Yeah, exactly. And come, I think come. Uh, mega auction this time in January. I think this team will stay the same. I don't see any issues apart from Kunal Pandya. There's some obvious issues there um, and they need an Indian all-rounder to do the job. There's Yes, there's Hardik Pandya, there's Karan Polat, but they need that spin option as well. And that has been the most disappointing thing. That's why I'm most disappointed in Mumbai Indians because you know this team has mm. played together. They have no reason... Uh, to say that, oh, it's a team in transition or, you know, it's a new team, new players, because that's that that's not the reason. Yeah, and uh, they've got the biggest ceiling. So you think about potential out of the, the likes of KKR, Punjab, Rajasthan. Mumbai Indians have got the best ability out of all those teams. Absolutely. You know, in terms of the depth, in terms of the quality, in terms of the, the pedigree, the titles, the experience. It's Mumbai, but they've been very disappointing. Very disappointing. They just have not clicked. Um, yeah, and basically you say the last two games are must win, and I think they do need Kolkata to lose their last game. That's correct. Um, and I think Kolkata playing Rajasthan, aren't they? Yes, uh, they are uh, their last game. Yeah. And Rajasthan are playing so, Hyderabad Mumbai. and Mumbai. Yeah, so they're playing Mumbai tomorrow, Rajasthan. So that's, yeah, the loser of that is gone. So, yeah, yeah. Now is the time you've got to click as a unit and um, it might be too late, but you've got to give yourself a one final chance because, yeah, I agree with you. It's been a very disappointing season. Um, Absolutely. Um, what do you think about Rajasthan Royals? The last game against CSK, they came hmm. back strongly. We'll speak about CSK and Ruturaj Kaikwad as well, but first let's touch on Rajasthan and um, the way Yashashvi, Jaiswal and Shivam Dubey both played. They the, both of them saw Rajasthan through. Um, have they been disappointing somewhere as well? They have, because you look at their team, their international plays, even though they lost Stokes, Archer, um, Butler, they're three big losses. But when you've got people like even Lewis, Liam Livingston, who hasn't fired, unfortunately, Chris Morris has not fired either. Um the talent is there. Mustafa is a romance. So the, the, the overseas talent is good. And there's Indian talent there. I think Jaiswal has been fantastic in the second leg and, and fantastic uh, returns to the team for Shiva and Dubo. Skuma Sankara, I had the, the pleasure of chatting to him earlier in the year before the first leg of the tournament. And I asked him specifically, how are you going to bring the best out of Shiva and Dubo? And he said, bringing him in in the middle overs before the death overs because there's something about him that we said, yep, we want to invest in him. Yep. And now, you know, if the last few games of the season he can deliver and it gets Rajasthan into the top four, that'll be a great story. But and I've always said that I've always said that Rajasthan have the talent, but they've just absolutely. never been able to gel consistently. And and do you think Miller or Livingstone, who gets in your team? Do you think Miller gets ahead of Livingstone? <sighs> yeah. When we were discussing before the second leg, I was saying it had to be Livingston, um, but he's been a, he's been a off uh, in the second leg. So you might look at Miller. 
as another option. They, they played him in the last game, didn't they? I'm trying to yeah. remember. Yeah, no, nah, Livingston was out of the last game, but Miller did. Miller got in. Yeah, I'm talking Miller. Miller was picked ahead. Yeah, he yep. wasn't required to bat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think they made the decision, Phillips and Miller, um, with Mustafizo and Ivan Lewis. That's a pretty good overseas call because in must win games, you need your players to perform and they had to sort of move away from Livingston and Chris Morris. Yeah. Who deserved to be in the team because their pedigree and their performances, particularly Livingston this year, it just hasn't worked out in the IPL phase two, unfortunately. And also, as an Australian fan, um, mm. when you when you look at players like Ruthraj Kaikwar, Yashashwi Jaiswal, um, even someone like a Chetan Sakaria or Shivam Dubey, is it, is it is it as an Australian fan? Is it a bit scary? Uh, I, yeah, I, I ask this honestly. Mm. I ask this seriously and honestly. Is it is it a bit scary on the international scale? Well, India now they've got that much depth in talent. Uh, batsmen coming through that India should be doing very well going forward. And it's going to be challenging for the other countries to compete, I believe. Because um, you get a player like Guy Quad, goodness me, he'd be, in, he'd be a regular in an international team uh, in most countries around the world, wouldn't he? He's yep. that good. Um, his strike rate of 140 this year, but you know, it doesn't look like he plays a big shot. It's so crisp and smooth and easy on the eye. And you think he's a left-hander by how elegant he looks. His yep. timing and the way he punches the ball and the way he keeps the scoreboard ticking. He's been magnificent. And credit to uh, MS Dhoni and CSK because Guy Quad started very slowly last season in his first games in IPL cricket. Then he came good towards the end of the season. He started very slowly again this season, but they stuck with him when people thought that maybe they could drop him. What has been, I think what has been exciting for me is also the fact that how well Ravindra Jadeja is doing. Um, he's going to be absolutely critical for that Indian team in the in the World Cup because the way he finished the innings the other day and uh, obviously his fielding and bowling are, you know, the second to none. So it's been really exciting to see him as well. And he has been the only one really apart from obviously the, um, you know, your Virat Kohli and Rohit Chema who have been really performing, not performing at their best, but, you know, getting the runs, hitting, hitting bat on ball. And it's been disappointing to see uh, Surya Kumar Yadav and Ishan Kishan and even Hardik Pandya out of form as well. That's, that's disappointing, but I think they'll come good um, during the T20 World Cup. Um, let's touch on, uh, Punjab Kings, um, they were in a good, uh, you know, spot yesterday against RCB. They were what I think ninety for no loss, um, and then had a massive collapse. Really well pulled to use Vendor Chahal as well. What do you make of their se- season so far? What's new? <laughs> I was watching the game. I was watching the game last night. And um, because it was at a reasonable time, yep. in, uh, in, so it was the first match of the doubleheader. And uh, K. Rahul and Mike Agarwal were going really well. And But I'm thinking to myself, one wicket falls here, they're bringing, they maybe get into that uh, Punjab uh, middle order. Puran goes early again. I said, this is nothing new. Yep. No surprises whatsoever. And that would have been the thinking in the RCB camp yesterday. Doesn't matter how many the openers put on. This is a Punjab side that the openers have put on four or five 100-run partnerships. They've lost four of those matches. 
Yeah. So you know that even when they've got the great start and it looks like they're going to win, they don't do it. That's been the biggest problem for Punjab. They've blown victories as they did last season from very good positions. And I think it's going to cost them another playoffs spot. When's the last time they made the playoffs? 2013, 2012? Oh, I think, yeah, some, sometime around that, maybe. That's not good enough. That's terrible. That's absolutely terrible. And they've got to look at what their core issue is, and that is the reliance on the top two. Mm. Uh, way, too much, way too much reliance on the openers because you've got, you've got very little ability in maintaining the momentum after that, and you're making comfortable situations for most teams look like impossible ones. Yeah, and not getting over the line when you're in a very good position. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Quickly, um, Dan Christian's form is it a is it a yeah. worry for T Twenty World Cup? Yeah, it's it's been a disappointment, Dan Christian. Um, because yeah, we, we we all saw what he did in the Big Bash last season. He's absolutely outstanding in that, and he's been a, a fantastic T Twenty cricketer around the world. He's won wherever he's gone, and. It could very well happen with RCB here as well, but it just hasn't delivered uh, for Australia International this season and also RCBs. There's been a real disappointment there because there was a lot of hope for me around Dan Christian for Australia as that finisher. It just hasn't worked out, has not worked out. But but I'd like to focus more on going Maxwell. Yeah, Absolutely fantastic. And, and what's been so impressive for me is what he's done on the slow pitches. Charge has been a shocker for batting. And he, what he did at Chennai earlier in the season as well was brilliant. That's three half centuries in a row, and he's just dominating. And if he can produce that for Australia, Australia are going to be a side to watch in the tournament. So fingers crossed. As an Aussie fan, we see Maxwell in this sort of form when it comes to that World Cup in a few weeks. Yeah. Um, let's let's touch on KKR before we touch on the mm. number one and number two spot. Um, Owen Morgan, his form is a big worry. Would you pick him in your T20 playing eleven? Um, uh, it's a hard one, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, because he's a captain and he's been a good captain for England. But on current form, no, I wouldn't. If a player's going through this sort of form, he would never get into the team. He would never get into any team, particularly the England one. We've got such great depth yeah. that a number of fine players can take his place. You think of Liam Livingston and Sam Billings and Moeen Ali batting up the order in yeah. 20 cricket. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. they've got all those alternatives, but because he's the captain and because the World Cup is upon us, you just have to you know, cross your fingers as an, from an England perspective and hope Owen Morgan finds some form again because it's been horrible. Yeah. That's a big um, concern. It's been going on for a while now. Exactly. Um, but some positives for KKR, Shubman Gill getting back into form with a, with a rather slow 50. Um, of, you know, 57 or 51 balls, but good news for before they you know, hopefully get into the playoffs. Um, what do you make of this entire KKR team? And, you know, do you think they still impressed. have a chance? Yeah. Oh, I think they're a team that can uh, be very dangerous in the playoffs uh, because I think they've got uh, talent to come back into that team as well, don't they? Yeah. Um, so, you know, they've got a couple of injuries. They've had a couple of injuries there. But, but I think that I've been very impressed because we spoke about how disappointing they were in the first leg of the tournament. They came into the second leg. They were second from bottom, remember? So, yep. but I think uh, Lockie Ferguson in this team, uh, he didn't play yesterday again. Um, neither did uh, Andre Russell. So 
when those two plays are fit, hopefully soon from a KKR perspective, they're going to be even more dangerous. Um, Shubman Gill, quite good in IPL when it comes to chasing totals. Now he's, I think he averages only 24 batting first and near about 40 batting second. So he's got to find ways to perform if KKR are setting a total. Venkatesh Ayer, he was quiet yesterday, but what a what an addition to this team he has been. Absolutely. And you, know, you yeah. mentioned before, Nash, like Guy Quad. Yeah. You mentioned before Guy Quad and these guys add Venkatesh Ayer to that list. Absolutely. How good's he been? Really, I mean, it's a, it's a it's such a positive sign for India in the future, and I mean, players like Venkatesh are coming through the ranks in in IPL and you know performing not not only just uh, surviving, but they are performing at their best and scoring the runs. Looks classy, can bowl at a, at a good pace, and can you know uh, do the job for his team. So it's been it's been absolutely brilliant, you know, watching him play for KKR and score some runs against quality bowling attacks. For sure. And I think the form of, you know, the likes of Rahul Tripathi and Nitish Rana, even though they, they didn't score big yesterday, but the form of these guys has been very impressive too. So um, onwards and upwards for, for KKR, I think they're in a very good position to qualify from here because the team is behind them. They're all two points behind and they're all a long way behind on net run rate as well. Yeah. So if KKR don't qualify from here, they'll be very disappointed. Yeah. Um, moving on, let's let's talk about the top two teams. Um, and let's talk about Delhi first. Yes. Um, what what do you make of Delhi whole, whole Delhi's outfit and you know this this time around? Have they have they su- surprised you in a way in, in a good way? Very reliable team, I feel. Um, I think I had them in the top four this season and I thought they'd do well again. I think they probably performed better than I thought they would in a way because I was was looking in a way of what is their finishing going to be like? And maybe there's still some areas to work on in terms of their finishing, in terms of their power game compared to some of the other teams. But I think the conditions really suit them as well. I think the slow conditions in the UAE this season have really suited the Delhi Capitals. Uh, fantastic spin uh, combination there with Ashwin and, and Aksha Patel has been outstanding. But Avesh Khan has been unbelievable with the ball. His economy rate and his wicket taking at all three stages of the innings, that's been the biggest plus, I think, for me for Delhi Capitals this season. Yes, you've had Trace Iyer play well. Rishabh Pant's been in decent form. Shikha Darwin's yet to find his best form, but he can, he, he can flick uh, the switch at any moment. Um, but it's been Avesh Khan. Have you been? He's been the biggest surprise for me. How well he's bowled at all three stages of the innings. What do you What do you make of his performance? Yeah, absolutely. He has been the most surprising, I think, of all the uh, all the yeah, Indian bowlers has. this time. Um, no one re- like. Yes, he went to the to the England with the team, with the Indian team, um, as a, as a net bowler, as a reserve bowler, but no one really um, had him in their in their top eleven. I would say top ten or eleven. Um, but he has been surprising. He can, as you said, bowl in all three stages of the game, you know, power play, the middle overs and the death overs. So that's an, another exciting prospect for, for the Indian team as well. Um, but touching on, touching on a few Australians in um, Delhi mm. Capitals, um, Steve Smith, not a few, just the one though. Steve Smith, is he, 
what do you make of him in in this phase of the IPL and this whole IPL? I think he's been okay. Um, it's not not easy conditions in Sharjah where he played, and uh, he, he spent some time in the middle. I just think with Smithy, I've said it before in T Twenty cricket, just focus on playing nice cricket shots. There's a few uh, hacks and heaves and things like that, and trying to play the dirty slog. And uh, I think it was Maddie Hayden mentioning it on commentary that Steve Smith's got to focus on, um, you know, the, the 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 cricketing shots. You know, he's got all the shots in the book, Smithy. He doesn't need to play the dirty hack across the line. Um, so I think Steve Smith is going to have a crucial role to play for Australia in the World Cup. So if he can find some form, I think he averages around 35 against CSK. So if he can produce a good performance today in the match coming up, hit some form for the World Cup, it's only going to be good news because we need that from Australia. We need that top order to perform. You worry about David Warner. He's had a bad season and he's been left out of sunrises. Aaron Finch, he's, He's got a knee, he had knee surgery. So he's just going to be fit in time for the World Cup. It's going to be on Smith and Maxwell. They're going to be the two linchpins, I reckon, for Australia in that middle order or in that batting lineup to produce the goods for us. And so uh, Smith can find for And also the two South Africans, um, and, and Rick Nokia and Kiso Rabada, they have been really, really good for, for the Capitals as well. Really, they are going to be really key. Oh, yeah, they're critical um, yeah. for 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 South Africa as well. But have they have they really been the the key factor in deciding whether the Capitals win the game or not? Apart from obviously the um, you know your Avish Khan and Ravichandran Ashwin as well. I, I think Andrik Nokia more than Rabada has I been so. has been Rabada, the key. I think you're right there. I think Nokia has been a bit better. Rabada can still go another couple of levels. He hasn't been in the best of form. Um, and it was in that game against KKR they lost when Sonora Ryan hit some crucial boundaries off Rabada at the death that really, you know, turned the game KKR's favour and got them over the line in the end. So there's just some areas of Rabada's game where he can improve, but that's but he's a world-class bowler and he can he can come good back end of this IPL and then into the World Cup for South Africa. And look, he has been good. I think South Africa needs to look at playing him more consistently. He's... I see. I've seen Nokia's in and out of their T20 team. Like why? Guys are quality, quality bowlers. Well, they don't pick five, five two Plessis, so you really can't be surprised at anything. Thinking, what's their thinking? You know, <laughs> and Nokia's got that slow ball out of the hand, out of back of the hand, which is very impressive too. So, I just as I was saying before, it's like Delhi Capitals have got a very well-rounded bowling attack for these conditions, and I think the form of Shreyas Iyer has been a big, big positive for them as well. Shikha Dawan, if he finds his top form, they're going to be even harder to beat with Rishabh Pant, you know, sort of threatening to find his top form as well. And I think this is a great chance for Delhi Capitals. I think, look, CSK are fantastic and RCB are looking very good as well. I think this is a wonderful opportunity this season for C- for, for Delhi Capitals on, on one of slower pitches in the UAE compared to last season. They've got the team to do it. They've got the team to do it. And, and more importantly, they've got the bowling attack. That's very important. They've got a bowling attack that can perform power play, middle overs, death. So, you know, today they play Chennai Super Kings later tonight, and that could be one of three games between those two sides for the rest of the season. Who knows? They might meet in the first qualifier and then the final again. Yeah. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see where the Capitals are at because I think they've been, they've, been, they've been working hard, I think, their last couple of victories. 
um, let's see if they can turn on the style as well. But um, yeah, they've got what it takes to, to go all the way. All right. Moving on to the final team is CSK. Um, I, love, uh, I love CSK this season. Brilliant. <laughs> Honestly, I'll, 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 I'll admit, I'll be honest. I was surprised. Um, but again, you know, doubting MS Tony is, is really, mm. is really harm. You know, it, 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 do it at Agreed. your own risk. Um, he has been one of the greatest white ball leaders and captains um, of all time, I would, I would say. And he has time and again done the job again this, this year as well. But the team that he has got um, has been performing just, abs- they are absolute beasts at the moment. And we saw that. A, I'll give you a key reason yep. why they're doing that. Everyone's role in that team is very clear. Exactly. Everyone's role in that team is very clear. You've got other teams who've maybe got more talent on paper. Yeah. In a way, you look at the squads at the start of the season, you say, oh, this team looks good. But the role, they brought Moeen Ali, for example, with a very clear purpose in mind. This guy's not going to bat at six for us. He's going to bat number three, number four. Yeah. He's going to turn those middle overs around for us because that's where CSK really struggled last season. Same with Ambati Rayudu, who's excellent this season. Yeah. And they built a team full of depth. They bat right the way down to number 10. So those batsmen can all play with a lot of freedom. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I'm sure you'd agree. What, what, what are your thoughts? What's been sort of most impressive about CSK for you this season? Has it been their, their depth in batting, their bowling? Dwayne Bravo has been superb as well. Oh, I think, been, I think the, just there? the way they have gone on about playing, playing um, the format this time is uh, mainly because as you said, they have clearly defined roles for everyone. Um, yeah. Whether you're number one, whether you're number eleven, you you know they know what they are doing. Um, and obviously, someone like a Jadeja, they have used Jadeja as at the at the death overs to finish finish the innings perfectly, and he has done the job as well. Um, it's so critical not only assigning roles, but the to for the players to actually go out there and execute those roles and execute the plans. Uh, all the players are clicking at the right moment, and that that has been absolutely brilliant for CSK. I I never see MS Tony flustered, and I think it really rubs off onto the players. They feel they're in a very calm environment, and they're enabled to perform, and they're in an environment that allows them to express themselves. So, very important. You don't want a captain who keeps you on edge and keeps you, you know, quite nervous and anxious. MS Tony just lets the guys relax, and that's been a very very important part, for, um, you know, of CSK's success. I think um, they're, they're right up there for, for title contention, no doubt about it. Absolutely. I mean, just um, it, it was only the last season that they faulted at any stage. And yes. they, had a, they had a really poor last season. But apart from last season, they have qualified for the playoffs every season. And that just goes to show the consistency and what good leadership and captaincy can do. Obviously, the players have to execute the plans and they have they have done it throughout throughout this season and throughout the last few years as well. Um, so it's it's really been exciting. It's it's also been been a bit boring with the pitches in UAE as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been some low scoring games. The batters are not ha, don't have a lot of idea on how to go about playing these sort of pitches as well. But uh, come C, the uh, you know CSK and Rajasthan, they have shown us how to play. And yes, it was a it was a good pitch to bat on as well. But 
um, Rutraj Gaikwad absolutely the way he accelerated in it through those middle overs it was absolutely brilliant and for the listeners as well that this IPL is perfectly poised at this moment I think probably one of the closest IPLs we have had Chappelle for a few years um, in terms of number four spot you know there's four teams fighting for that spot so yeah. it's really exciting so um, it would be really good I remember to last see year was pretty close too yeah yeah last year was pretty close too and now in some other news um england have put out a statement saying that they will put out a statement later on so <laughs> what what do you make of that Chavez? yeah yeah look I, you, you're funny there and yeah they've made a statement they've said basically nothing but it's a good update to say that you know we'll make a decision this week that we're still assessing the circumstances all I'm saying, yeah, they, could gonna, tweet, tweet on, yeah. they could have just tweeted oh, no. that. They could have just tweeted that or something. That's like true. That. That's true. You're right there. Um, yeah. So we'll see what happens later this week. I understand it. I understand their stance on things. Their players have been in bubbles nonstop for the last eighteen, or not eight, not quite eighteen months, but seems longer than that. It's a big ask for them to come in for a five-match Ashes series, and if they can't bring families, but then if the Australian government allows for those families to come here, then it's going to cause a massive uproar here in the community because there have been families here in Australia that have not been able to see loved ones for over a year plus. Yep. Absolutely. People and stuck overseas and then these guys come over here and, and it, you're going to see, you're going to see an uproar. So we just have to wait and see what happens. Yeah. So just quickly touching on the statements that have been made in the Australian media, blaming the English players and blaming the English media and the English government yeah. for um, having, having a you know, cautious approach towards the tour. Is that a bit rich coming from the Australian media and the Australian players, do you think? Have, you know, just based on the fact that Australia have not toured this past 18 months, whatever, 20 months. Um, in fact, after the, after the last patch of South Africa. Australia yeah, exactly. South Africa. Exactly. So Australia pulled out of tours. Um, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd just be careful as an Australian media publication throwing stones at other teams for not touring. Yeah. Um, I understand, look, I want England here. This is an Ashes series, the biggest test series from an Australian point of view, from an England point of view as well. But these are unprecedented times. You've had England plays in bubbles. They've had a much busier schedule than Australia have. They've been in bubbles nonstop. And you saw the likes of Maxwell, Cummins, uh, Warner, Smith and co. They missed the West Indies and Bangladesh tours because they wanted to get away from the bubbles. Well, these England players have been in bubbles for longer. So exactly. I understand there's been um, you know, a cautious approach to the series and rightly so. Hopefully it can all go ahead and get a good series. Uh, and, and obviously it's the Ashes. So the ashes. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's the Ashes. So we'll see you know, media articles and just the mind games have already started, you know, from last month. So it, it's going to be a, it's going to be fun for few next few months uh, leading up to the first ball, hopefully at the Gaba. And yep. I'm, I'm excited as well, going to watch my first Ashes day night test in Adelaide as well. So that's something to look forward to as well. That'd so fantastic. That, I'm so excited for that. Hopefully it goes ahead. Um, but any, any final Thoughts on on the whole England Australia Ashes um, debacle so far. So far, it's been debacle. Yeah, fingers crossed it all goes well. I mean, as I said, it's just the situation here in Australia where families can't see loved ones, and then 
you know, if England, uh, you know, the players can get their families here, it's just not going to be well received in the community as well. So that's another challenge. And I think, look, Scott Morrison, the Prime Minister of Australia, has been in contact with uh, the Prime Minister uh, of the UK, Boris Johnson, about this. They've actually spoken about this. So there's a lot happening in the background. Um, on a separate note, I'd like to just give a shout out to Barbara Azam, the fastest ever to 7,000 T20 runs. So well played to him. And I think Pakistan is very motivated given what's happened the last couple of weeks with the cancellation of home series. <laughs> I think they're going to be very motivated for this World Cup and they're going to be a dark horse for me. So congrats to Barbara Azam. And I'm very much interested for this T20 World Cup to see Pakistan. They're going to be very motivated. Are you worried about them? Um, not really. I would be, I, I have to be honest. I'm not <laughs> really. India fan. I'm not really. No, no, it's not about that. I'm not, not really worried because, because um, how the last few years have gone, especially with the Pakistan team, they've, uh, they've really only won the Champions Trophy, isn't it? And come big stage, they are, they are unpredictable. They, they falter at the, at the final stages. So I'm, I'm not really worried about that, but again, as I said, I'm, I'm, I'm a confident Indian fan. So um, that's, that's where I sit. Spoken like a true Indian fan. Love it. <laughs> All right, listeners and Shabel, it has been a, it has been a great episode to talk about. It has been a, um, really fun episode to talk about the women's uh, cricket at the start and also touching on the IPL as well. Next episode, we are hoping to have Daniel Beswick from Emerging Cricket to discuss about emerging cricket cricket uh, nations participating in the qualifiers for the T20 World Cup. So T20 World Cup is almost two weeks away now. So um, that's, that's something to look forward to. And thank you all for listening into this episode and tuning into this episode. Uh, I'll see you next week. Thank you, Shabat.